0: And welcome to Game Till Five, a podcast where me and my good friend Nikki discuss various top fives in gaming. We have returned. <laughs> we had a short break, and uh, yeah, how was your break, Nikki? Um, could have been better. <laughs> could have been better. That's uh, that's fulfilling me with such joy
1: <laughs> that we took this it break. Was- it was okay, I think the break was more for you it was I think you you needed a break from me, you needed a break from life, and I feel like you're better for it I am i uh, I had a wonderful time I had
0: a I attended a beautiful wedding of a good friend who actually Not won- me no not you as much <laughs> as I would love it to be your wedding. This was another friend um although I'm hoping she will join us uh one day soon on the podcast to do like a top five and maybe talk a bit about what it's like for her to be a producer in the games industry get some scoops (laughs) all the scoops yeah so because we had a short break we've been doing some planning about the game till five podcast so we've got some news yeah
1: we're having a bit of a rejig i think for the better
0: yeah i hope yeah i hope so so we're thinking uh unfortunately we're going to reduce the amount of times uh we do a podcast a month We're going to do, probably end up being like once a month podcast, but we are going to replace those gaps with some streaming because we finally realized that we're never going to do any streaming because we do all this podcast talking. So we're kind of going to do a every two weeks podcast, every other two weeks stream stuff.
1: Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I think it'll be better that way because then people can interact with us. You guys can watch us if you want and we'll play some games, which is, you know, what we talk about every time we podcast. So it will be nice to actually play. Some games.
0: Yeah, mostly this is so that I can refill my, like, top fives, I guess, because I'm just running out of things because I have no time to play them.
1: No, this is our rebellion against this podcast that we started. But we promise we will actually stream. I know we've been saying for, like, months, years, decades that we're going to stream and it's going to be great and then we just never do, but we will. Yeah. I promise. We'll get there. We are... We are determined this time. We've had a break. We're feeling refreshed. We're ready to revamp some shit. Yeah.
0: And on that news, we're going to talk about today's episode. So today we're going to do top five Final Fantasy characters, which I'm very excited about.
1: I was waiting for you to do the
0: fanfare again. Oh, sorry. Hence the fanfare.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I made that, so I want to use it as much as possible. Yeah, she's very proud of her drops this week. There are a few. <laughs> Just you wait. So we're trying to catch up on all the free hype, which we're seriously late to, but we don't care because we were relaxing in the sun. And yeah, we're going to be looking into our final fantasy previous lives doesn't make any sense <laughs> we weren't in final fantasy we don't have previous lives as final fantasy characters but we're gonna make a top five about them yeah we're gonna just pretend like we did and that that sentence made some sense <laughs> it's been
0: yeah, a long time it has been i think we're just out of practice so yeah with the e3 announcement of uh, finally putting a date to final fantasy 7 we thought hey we like final fantasy let's talk about that some more and the other one Final Fantasy VIII. Remaster. Oh yeah, I forget because this is news for Nikki and it's not that much news for me. But it's exciting. Very important
1: news. Yeah, and Final Fantasy VIII is finally getting its little remastery thing. Finally. Yeah. Yes, I've been waiting for that for a very long time, and I was getting very pissed off that they went from seven to nine and just totally forgot about eight. But it's fine because she's it's not bitter. Out. No, not at all. No. So with that said, we thought we'd mix it
0: up a bit this week with our crossovers so as you know nikki picks five and i pick five and then together we talk about them but we don't know or discuss the what's going to be in our list beforehand so we might have crossovers and normally mr beadle will uh interrupt us however because today is final fantasy themed we have replaced beadle for this episode is in the cupboard right he'll, now. he'll be back but for now we have this yeah yep that wonderful and terrifying sound is the noise that Separoff has come in and ruined our day. I hope it makes everybody jump when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put the sound <laughs> of this up on full when I edit this. And it's just going to, like, blast people's <laughs> headphones. You're welcome. You're welcome. Good. Anybody good. listening? Audience. <laughs> um, in that case, I guess it's uh, we should just get started. We've had more news yeah. than we normally do.
1: I know, but it's fine. This is going to be a good episode. Final Fantasy is awesome. Sorry for anyone that doesn't play Final Fantasy. Well, hopefully still may try and make it an entertaining episode for you by just being our generally ridiculous selves. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, this might inspire you to play some or try some because you're like, that character sounds cool. I want to meet them because they're alive, I tell you.
1: (laughs) You never will, but... Don't ruin my dreams.
0: (laughs) Right. In that case, I'm going to play the top five Intro. What
1: are you buying? How about a game of Lucky
0: Hits? A three-headed monkey! Oh! Let's go! It's been a while since I've heard our intro and I was dancing my tit off. (laughs) Just one? Just
1: one? Just a singular tit?
0: One held firm, the other one, nope. I feel like that's a sentence that
1: you didn't mean to say.
0: <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I wondered what body part I was going to mention. And it came to tit, you, but one
1: came you, out. You, you picked tit and you, you stuck with it. Yeah. But I respect that. <laughs> anyway, funnily enough, it's your turn. Yeah, to, to just keep talking.
0: <laughs> uh In that case, I'm going to kick off my top five with... Cecil Harvey from Final Fantasy 4
1: or Cecil good good I'm really glad that you picked some that were like pre 7 not going to say any more than that
0: (laughs) so I had a really hard time not just choosing everyone from 9 so this is why I've gone for someone from 4 Nice. he's the main protagonist of Final Fantasy 4 he's also in the sequel and I think another game uh, thing that I've not played but what I think I like about Cecil is he kind of feels like the start of the stoicy kind of characters uh like main characters that Final Fantasy kind of has technically I think Final Fantasy IV is also Final Fantasy II if you're in the US which is very confusing I'm confused already I know but we'll just brush over this and talk about Cecil or Cecil there was a thing and it was like some people pronounce it Cecil some people pronounce it Cecil they didn't tell me which oh, one was correct so, difficult. so I, I'm going like, with Cecil <laughs>
1: Cause... It's like potato, potato, chocobo, chocobo. It's just whatever you want to do. Exactly.
0: So we're just going to carry on. What I really liked about Cecil is that it's quite his journey, the like of the, his character, kind of mimics what's going on in the game quite well. It's one of the first ones where it felt quite deep, and the hero of the story was a little bit damaged and kind of in this world and in this story. He is one of the only characters in Final Fantasy to change his job or his, like, fight type halfway through a game, which also is one of the main reasons I've chosen him, because I think that's really cool. Basically, in the story you start as a Dark Knight. You're brought up by a king. He kind of takes you in, and he trains you to be a Dark Knight. There's various plot points in the story, which I'm going to try and, like, skim over so that we don't get too many spoilers, because it is a good game, I think, if you haven't played it. Uh, and you like Final Fantasy 4 is a, a nice one to do. And basically he trains you up. But through the story you kind of realise that the king or isn't really the same person you thought he was. It's not really his fault. There are some things that happen. But you kind of go through this transformation. And you realise like actually I don't want to be a Dark Knight. I want to be the opposite of a Dark Knight. And I turn into a paladin. So your powers change, and your appearance change, and I don't know any of the Final Fantasy characters that change their job halfway through. Like, no. black mages are pretty much black mages from start to finish, same with, like, mage types and all that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, no, that is interesting. I um, I haven't really played... for. I think maybe when I was, like, a long, long time ago, but I won't remember it, but no, that definitely sounds like something that's very unique to, to him.
0: Yeah, definitely. He ends up just having a bit of an identity crisis and morality, and he kind of just comes to hate following blindly the orders he's given because he's kind of just starts with his title. Like you start quite high up in the game. You're like the one of the king's like right hand men and your best friend is like the other. And you kind of go off on these this adventure together and realize actually the person that you're doing this for isn't right. They're you know they're murdering innocent people. And you kind of rebel against that and kind of go hey I don't really like this idea. And he kind of stands firm and says no. And then as a result, he kind of changes into like the lighter version of himself, and that also includes a fashion change, where he basically goes from having like all over <laughs> black armor, this really like dark gothicy, you know, old armor suit, to this like fashiony blue and white armory thing. And It's all yeah. bright and happy. And you Admittedly, see his
1: face. I'd kind of like it the other way around, where he was all like you know pristine and proper, and then he was like, I'm a goth now. I would enjoy that a bit more, I think. But you know, it's not true to that story. But
0: I mean, in I like another it. story that would be good. <laughs> it's kind of like. The emo teenager version of his story.
1: Oh, wait. That is actually kind of like Vincent, isn't it, really? From Final Fantasy 7. Like, he's just like, I'm a normal person. And then it's just like, no, fire and blood. This I'm is a true. <laughs> I'm a vampire now.
0: I'm a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I like it. I like the way you've got the opposite of uh, Vincent. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But anyway, enough about him. Enough about him. And more about Cecil. The main reason I chose him is just that transformation that he goes through. The only issue that kind of comes with that is that he's a little bit weaker when he's good. So he's got a bit more of an edge when he can tap into like the dark side of him. And then when he becomes a paladin, like your other teammates that you collect, as you do in all Final Fantasy games, are a bit stronger. They, you know, they've got more physical things and then you've got your spellcasters who do stuff. And then he's kind of left to be like a jack of all trades type of person, which is always the one that you never really use and kind of gets a bit like overshadowed by everyone. So it feels a little bit like, oh, I don't really want to use him anymore, which is a shame when it's like the main character, because it feels a bit wrong when you're just like, "Mm, I'm going to not use the main person you sit here and sit on this rock while we fight this thing
1: and then i like that though you can it's walk different around i also like how you said collect companions like you're kidnapping them like they're <laughs> not willingly coming with me i'm collecting you now you're coming with me you get no choice come into my body <laughs> they do that
0: weird thing where they just like merge into you and you're like where are they, where am i keeping these people
1: i have collected you all you are now mine like pokemon yeah exactly yeah that's why you like it so much <laughs>
0: Uh, I think the best part about his story as well is that he kind of does all this by not fighting, which is kind of the opposite to what happens in most Final Fantasy games. You get everything by murdering everything. But he does. he's more like, I'm going to hold my ground and not fight anything. And I think for a game that came out in the 90s, that's some pretty, you know, deep stuff.
1: That is something that I've definitely realized with a lot of Final Fantasy games is like, when you play them when you're young, you don't realise how fucking deep everything is. Mm. And then when you play it later on in your life, you're like, holy shit, this is really realistic compared to, like, reality right now. Yeah. You know, which is good, because you don't want that fucking on you when you're, like, seven. No. um, Because that would be a bit much. But it's quite cool to, when you know you get older and you can understand the world a bit more, you actually go, this is actually a really deep, cool story.
0: Yeah, definitely. I also think, so, it's kind of a fact for Cecil, but he has an actual love story that kind of is complete it's not dark and you know it's not like oh someone died before you met like got to meet them or you meet them and then they're murdered like you uh you have this person who you're in love with and you rescue her at one point because she's kind of like following you around and gets sick and then you guys go on your adventure together and at the end you get married and have babies and stuff i think in the sequels so it's like an actual complete love story which is really
1: nice i need i need to play this one fantasy because i haven't done it since I was young, to the point where I can remember it and actually take it seriously, it's on. It's on my list. I'm I'm looking forward to it more so now.
0: Yeah, that's good. I mean, I've only recently done it, so but I would recommend yeah. it, which is why it's in my my brain and in my list. That's Other good. facts I have are, I guess he. One of the fans I found was that he was the one of the few fine fancy characters who was a crossbreed, which sounds like mm. an awful term to use, but apparently that's him um he's half human half son of a uh lunatarian okay so he's kind of like a yeah half i guess alien is the best word i know lunatarian isn't a uh, alien but that's what i'm gonna use it as i think the other people that included in the list were like yuna tara branford um and seymour uh, yeah, from uh yeah. final fantasy 10 like the main guy, um, but yeah, there's not that many. You'd think there'd be a lot more, but apparently, there's not a lot mm-hmm. of uh, half halflings around in the Final Fantasy universe. And okay, uh, yeah, I think the only other fact I found was that he. I think I've kind of mentioned this before that he starts off with a like martial rank, like a ca- He's a captain at the start of the game, um, which is something they kind of continued on as a trend after him, uh, with like Terra Branford again and Cloud eventually you find out. Squall, I think, and Lightning. They all kind of have uh, like a status beforehand, and then yeah. then you go off and do stuff. Which is cool. Um,
1: but yeah, that's my number five. Cecil. Okay. <laughs> Cecil. Cecil and Cecil are definitely like two different people to me. Yeah. <laughs> Cecil's like someone I'm like, yeah, he can probably kick your ass. But then when you say Cecil, I'm like, oh, Cecil. Oh, Cecil. You little sweetheart. But yeah, good pick. Um, I'm really... Really glad you you were picked one of of that era, um, <laughs> and timeline because yeah, it's it's very difficult not to be biased. is what I'm going to say. Yes, it is very difficult not to be
0: biased. It was yeah. a tough choice, but I think I've I think I've balanced. Good I'm choice. feeling like
1: you haven't, but I'm interested to hear what your number five is. Mm. So my number five is a weird one. My number five might be a quick one, but it's just one that it's kind of my light hearted one. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And I went for, can be pronounced in two different ways again, Queena or Cuna from Final Fantasy IX. Amazing. I'm so glad you've picked this character. <laughs> She's one of favorites. I don't know he. if it's, I don't know if it is Queena or Cuna. After researching, I think it might be Cuna. So, but I'm just going to say Queena because when I read it, that's what I hear. Yeah. But she, like, oh, sorry, I say she, there is actually technically no concrete, pronoun that's kind of been decided as a character so i'm just gonna call them they um people have like argued about that a lot but i just think there's just no point i just think it's fine they don't have to have anything yeah if they could just be them it's fine so queener full name Quina Quen, is a is a character from of 9 and they are a q so these guys specialize in bully magic they love eating frogs and queener yields her fork in battle proudly which uh it's quite powerful. So she's a she's a good I always had her in my team, personally. I just thought she was he he or she was hilarious. I can't get down with this they business. I'm sorry. I think it's because she the way that she has her little like chef's hair and dress. So I'm just gonna flip from he and she. I hope no one's bothered by that. Because that's what they do in the game to be fair. So I
0: was gonna fun. say, yeah. Um
1: if we could ask Queener we would what they prefer. <laughs> um but yeah, so so Queenie is a Q. And they're a tribe known for their strange eating habits, long tongues and poor language skills. Queenie wears a chef's <laughs> hat and and their tongue hangs out of the middle of their chest. They wear a amazing salmon pink overcoat yeah. with a baby pink apron. They just look incredible. And I think most of all, just for me, filled me with such joy throughout the game, just comedy-wise. Yeah. I don't think I've... There's been a lot of Final Fantasy characters that are funny and have that kind of trope of being like the light-hearted comedic character, but I think and sometimes that can be annoying, but but for me Quina really just is perfect. Yeah.
0: Quina really nails that aspect of the lighthearted one that comes yeah. with you.
1: And they do so much with And it's the actually they are actually funny. Yeah. That's what um, I like. Like they are hilarious. Some like some of the interactions just always make me laugh. Quina has a has a nice childlike curiosity for the world. And I do think that's what I quite like about Greener because you can kind of see the world in this kind of comedic, light-hearted, childish way. And I think just the funniest thing is is how much they just want to eat everything because I just really get that. You yeah, know, like I can relate. that's that's their goal for the most part is to basically. Smell and taste test everything the world has to offer. That is pretty much Queena's main objective of the whole entire game. She don't give a fuck about anything else that's going on. No, they're just like, I just want to eat everything. <laughs> and Queena, um, most well, she they like frogs the most. They mm. want to eat frogs. That's like the favorite. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how the how you kind of get introduced to Queena because they are um, trying to catch frogs to eat, and Queena is very distressed because they cannot catch. Basically, any. So, Zidane, the main character, ends up catching one for Queena. And then um, apparently, the head Q scolds Queena for being too lazy to feed themselves. So, um, they ask Zidane to take Queena with them to basically, like, I don't know, show them the world and so that they'll sort sort their life out, basically. Toughen Queena up and
0: teach her the frog catching ways.
1: Well, it's to kind of like become a better chef almost, like a gourmet chef, right? Because that's kind of what their whole lives revolve around. And, and yeah, so just just in having the interactions between Queena and the companions and everything is just it's just brilliant. I remember the first time you meet Eco as well and Queena just tries to be like, can I eat it? <laughs> just <laughs> makes me laugh so much. And, and she's like, no, I taste like shit. And So uh, she runs off and tries to eat her mug, I think, which is funny. So yeah, maybe it's just because you know deep down I just feel like I can resonate with Queena because I'm just like to eat everything too. I
0: agree. I think that's the similar thing for me and Queena. She want like they're one of my favorite characters. There's just a, there's a really funny bit where you guys have to get married in some village for some yes. reason. Yeah, and there's a bit where Vivi has to marry Queena one of the other characters that you're with and just that whole segment of just Vivi looking at this like, this person just being like why? Why me? Why you? What is this? (laughs) Are you gonna eat me?
1: Why do you carry a giant
0: pork? Yeah, it's just one of the funniest like,
1: characters around Queenie and Vivi are like opposites as well because Vivi like, doesn't really speak much, it's quite like, reserved, and then you get Queenie who's just like, got a massive like, tongue out of their mouth Um, with a massive fork, just like completely just like, can I eat everything? It's just, yeah, that was just a hilarious scene. Yeah, definitely. And I think
0: actually in terms of like gameplay, Queen is one of the people who has the most interesting ability because you have to eat the monsters and stuff that you fight and you gain their spells. So if they can do a spell and Queenie managed to successfully eat them, you gain that spell. So there's some really powerful stuff that you can learn um, if you can take the time to kind of spend some time having them in your party and like doing that process because it takes a while, but if you can, it's really worth it. You can get some really cool moves.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think like I, I read a lot of things online, especially about people saying about Queener, where they're, like a lot of people think that would like underestimate Queener, but yeah. really they're actually really powerful. About you said about the the blue magic of being able to eat people to get the spells, like that's I think that's one of their best things, um, and I think. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just I just quite liked that character. I just feel like the more unique a character is, the better. And I just feel like I'd never found anything like Queen before. <laughs> it's just like, this is great. Or since... No.
0: For the time, having like a neutral gender just... Oh, I know. ...creature type yeah. thing out there. Just kind of breaking that mould a little bit of being like, doesn't care, just wants to eat. Give me those
1: frogs. And I mean, that's... I'll go on to my first fact, which was that, which is... There has always been a big debate about about Queen's gender because there's some scenes where it's implied that she's female and there's some where it's he's male, um, and in some uh, like so like I think it's the Spanish game or something they come off more the other way and then another game they come off more the other way, but it seems like the developers and things actually purposely did it so that we so that it's it's a question so that no one really knows and it's not decided upon which I think yeah it's for that time is really good because. You know, it doesn't really matter because Queen is just Queen. I didn't, when I was younger, I didn't really know either, to be honest. But you no. you kind of think, okay, pink dress, yeah, maybe. But at the same time, you're like, well, no, because, you know, this, the queue could be completely genderless and that's fine. Yeah, you know. So, so yeah, I, it's interesting as well. But anyway, um, I only have one other fact because I didn't really get any facts. I, it's so, it was so hard to find. So, my other fact is just to do with Queen's name, which is Queen of Quen, because um, it's kind of like a, a backwards thing, really, because "kuna" or "kuna" in Japanese means eat, and "kuen" or "qen" means cannot eat. So, effectively, her name is eat cannot eat or cannot eat eat, which is odd. Um, so it's kind of a play on words. Which,
0: yeah, I like it. I like. That's the- just literally
1: that's the only fact I could get. So, but I like it. It's a good. Yeah. it's a good fact. So overall, I don't really have any deep things to say about Kuna, other than the fact that I like them. They like food. Food is their life journey, and yeah, yeah. I'm um, that's about it. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you. Need and I like that for some characters. You know, you just like them. They're just a likable character. Yeah. Or something. That's kind of why I made I made them my number five because I was just like, there's no real deep thing to this. I just found them as a very endearing and unique character, and I just wanted to include them.
0: Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Good job. So that's my number five. Nice. Very cool. Um, in that case, I'm gonna move straight onto my number four. Which is, now I'm not going to say this very well, Balthier from Final Fantasy XII. Okay. Balthier. Um, he is... So it's really difficult to choose characters from Final Fantasy XII because nobody can really decide who the main hero of twelve is. I would say, personally for me, Balthier is my favourite and therefore I see him as kind of the, the hero-y type character. He is a sky pirate who kind of just goes around the land in his airship Um, with his partner Fran who is and I I can't remember the name of the bunny lady type creatures that they are or what the species is called but they're giant bunny ladies and uh, the fact that he's friends with one kind of reminds me a bit of Han Solo and Chewie even though it's like (laughs) the sexy version which is actually something that he's often compared to. His character is one of those kind of he's very cunning and suave and he's well liked uh, as a character for being quite smart and strategic in everything. So instead of, you know, like a normal reckless stupid hero that just runs into stuff, he's very much like the opposite of that and kind of takes time. But that kind of comes with like a really cocky attitude uh, and overall sassiness, which makes me like him. But this means that he then often gets compared to things like Han Solo and James Bond and Jack Sparrow, that kind of like, we're talking about that kind of area of character. But this kind of there's not often characters like that in Final Fantasy. I have to say, uh, for the, like the main characters, everyone can be quite serious. I think there are some like more light-hearted people, but they don't tend to be on that. I don't know. There's not many Harrison Ford type people in Final Fantasy. Uh, that, personally, I can think of, um, but Bahir is one of those, and I think that makes me like him quite a lot. And I think his story is probably quite a nice simple one but his again his kind of personality makes him more likable so if you know the story of Final fantasy 12 it's a little bit like there's some two kind of, there's some war going on uh and you're <laughs> help a war there's a war and you're helping a princess and you've got to do some stuff still being a sky pirate basically he's the son of a scientist responsible for making stuff but he left them to become a sky pirate um and he helps the princess but he also carries on looting and acting like a sky pirate while he also does you know noble stuff which i like you know you're gonna do some stuff and help out help a girl out but you're also gonna you know stock up your hall full of treasure you can tell i know all the pirate lingo (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i really don't have too much to say about it because it's quite hard to talk again about final fantasy 12 it's been a while since i've played it i just i remember really getting attached to this one character in particular also again for in terms of i just used him quite a lot in my team he's got really high strength and i think he's probably the fastest uh in terms of speed out of all of the people you collect as I keep using that term. Uh, (laughs) Kidnap. Kidnap, you know, stock into yourself, but low kind of magic stuff. So he doesn't do a lot of magic things, but does a lot of good stuff with, like, equipable weapons that are kind of reliant on those two uh, things. So I just tended to use him as, like, my additional person. When, you know, you always got your magic users, so you always need something to kind of balance that out, I think. Didn't get... Again, it's quite hard to get facts about single characters. Yeah. But I managed to find, like, one or two... One of which is the like least interesting fact I think I've ever found, but I'm going to share it. <laughs> uh, it is that his hair, sleeves, and earrings are static in the PlayStation 4 version of the Zodiac Age, the remake. Uh, however, this has been fixed for the PC version, where they move in the wind. Oh, that's not a boring fact. That's the best fact ever. So if you look at him in the PlayStation 4 version... Nothing will move in the wind. He remains rigid (laughs) to the wind, but in the PC version, he is blustery. Much more fabulous. Yes.
1: Before you go on to your next fact, I'm going to add some filler, which is, I feel bad because I've never really played 12.
0: 12 took me a while. So I had it when it first came out on PlayStation 2, and I... Played it for a little bit and then I I just really didn't like it. I didn't like the. Well, I did system. the exact same
1: thing. I owned it on PlayStation 2 as well, and I played it a bit, and I was like, no, it's not the same. Exactly.
0: I think the the battle system is so different, and it was so different to 10, which was the only one because I never played 11 because it was like an online one. So when 12 finally came out, I was super excited because it was like, oh, it's been ages since we've had a Final Fantasy, and then I played it and I really didn't like it, and then I eventually went back to it. I think uh, just when I moved and I was living by myself for a while, I um I ended up just like getting a PlayStation 2 like emulator because I really felt like playing a bunch of PlayStation 2 games and this was one of the games that I picked back up and I played most of the way through. I have to say I haven't finished it and I keep saying I'm gonna buy it on Switch. The Zodiac version came out on Switch and now I know not to buy it on PlayStation 4 because he's not blustery. I might do that again soon, <laughs> so I re- recommend trying it again. Now you're older and you have a bit more patience for a different fight system. If you and know, make I mean. sure you get the fabulous version. Yes, don't get that non-blustery version. Get it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my other fact was that because Bathar is a sky pirate, coincidentally. His Japanese voice actor also provides the voice for other pirates in various video games. Uh, He does Jack Sparrow in Kingdom Hearts Two, and also Johnny Depp in various roles that he plays. Um, And I think he also plays one for a pirate in One Piece, the anime. So just lots of pirates this guy does. I like that's probably on his CV. Yeah, I can do a good
1: pirate voice. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's my number four. Awesome. Um. I'm very glad we've had a lot of diversity so far. We haven't had the same game. Yeah, which is cool. We'll we probably them. do that soon. Yeah. That's true. Um. Okay. So that means we're on to my number four, and my number four is Zach from Final Fantasy 7 slash Crisis Core. Nice. Yeah. So Zach is somebody who. You may not immediately recognise if you have played um, Final Fantasy VII because he's not really within Final Fantasy VII. He's, he's really core cool to the storyline, but is only sort of noted upon and appears a little bit. But in sort of the backstory of Zack comes forward in, in Crisis Core, which was released later on for PSP. So I am going to have to give some spoilers to Final Fantasy VII if I want to explain who Zack is. But I will start with his backstory, as per usual. So, Zack was born in the town of Gongaga, where he lived until he left to join Shinra's elite militant force, Soldier. That was his childhood dream, and he fulfilled that after leaving for Midgar. He didn't tell his parents, because it's just not cool, Yeah, but he didn't tell his parents. Um, his mentor became Angeal Hewlees, who he was really largely inspired by. He also, not many people know, again, if you haven't played Crisis Core, he um, fell in love with Ares Gainsborough, who um, is obviously within Final Fantasy VII, and, you know, is thought to be sort of Cloud's love interest, but really, Zack got there first. Sorry, Cloud. Yeah, got in there. <laughs> um, so he actually did meet Ares way before, um, and I think he met her while he fell into the slums, while he was on a commission, and, uh, and yeah, so, I'm not, like I said, I don't want to spoil too much of the game, but he ends up sort of defeating his former mentor, and becomes the original owner of the Buster Sword before Cloud. Yeah, Cloud so ridiculous there's so, sword. So yeah, there's so much backstory with Zack that that it's it's difficult. So most people will look over him, but for me, he's so integral to the story. And without him, you know, you wouldn't have Final Fantasy VII. So that's why I'm kind of okay with mentioning it, mentioning him as my number four. Yeah. So to to, to spoiler alert everyone here, um, Zack eventually goes to Nibelheim, where you visit Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, to go to the Maker Reactor. And uh, Sephiroth arrives, because Sephiroth is always fucking like everywhere. Yeah. Um, he finds out the truth behind his origins, which, again, not going to disclose. And uh, Zack ends up confronting Sephiroth, and both he and Cloud... Sorry, I forgot to say. Cloud was, like, there doing some shit. <laughs> Cloud-, <laughs> Cloud was just in the background. Yeah, so at this point, like, you know, we find out, we kind of find out that Cloud really... Cloud made out that he was just, like, this awesome soldier, but it wasn't. Cloud was just, like, a, a low-grade yeah. soldier who was just, like, in Cloud the background. Cloud well, was just around. Or Zack was doing you a full know, cool Typical
0: shit. wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, Cloud's story that he tells in Final Fantasy VII isn't necessarily <laughs> what it is. <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> the
0: Final Fantasy VII is essentially <laughs> Cloud's version of events
1: like I
0: know. it's probably where everyone else did everything in like an actual version but in Cloud's version he's the hero of this story and the guy that like, did all the stuff he's dead, he's gone, it's fine you
1: weren't supposed to tell everyone I was going to hide that
0: but if you play Final Fantasy gonna... 7 you know he's dead, it's fine
1: Oh, really? Oh, OK. I couldn't remember. I mean, I mean, I guess you do know that. But like, to be honest, I forget what you know and what you don't know. Oh. But I was I was going to keep it stum. so sorry if I've ruined it. <laughs> no, it's fine. It just means I can go cray now um, and just tell everyone everything. Oh, God, I'm unleashed. <laughs> so, yeah. So Cloud's Instagram story of events aren't what they seem as most Instagram. other people's aren't. You know, it's like he wants the world to see.
0: I'm imagining Cloud just being like, Hashtag tough days and everyone else is just like, Cloud, we know you've not done anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But going back to the to the story, um, Sepiro finds out who he really is and Zach and, and Cloud who was just in the background, um, were caught by Hojo who at He's one point I was going to jokingly I was going to jokingly put Hojo in my top five everybody fucking hates Hojo oh, Hojo but I wanted to do it and then be like joke um, I didn't <laughs> lol jokes because <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things that isn't funny when you actually get around to it yeah don't put him in there um, and I, I'd put too much effort in it I'd be like it's Hojo and then no one would laugh um, <laughs> so anyway sorry hojo catches zach and cloud while cloud's instagramming probably zach manages to escape and carries the incapacitated cloud again clouds passed out at this point zach saves the day <laughs>
0: <laughs> he got too stressed out for all the photograph taking his filters weren't working so he just had a meltdown yeah
1: exactly so i i wrote here something bad happens during escape because i wasn't going to tell everyone that oh. died but still through that <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah what happens is basically <laughs> Cloud's there for that and it's very emotional and honestly I don't think I've ever cried so much I think I mentioned this in my emotional top 5 it was really really sad and you know the relationship between Zach and Cloud is nice and yeah. you do get to see that a bit in Crisis Core while um, while Cloud's not Instagramming too much and it's quite sweet so when Zach does pass away it's kind of heartbreaking and, and Cloud basically decides to become his living legacy as that kind of instructs him to do maybe not literally i feel like someone should have told cloud that and been like hey cloud (laughs) living legacy is just like you know live for them but don't become them
0: (laughs) yeah it's a bit extreme he does take it to the massive extreme
1: (laughs) yeah however if you look at it in kind of like a more psychological way some people were saying that cloud was kind of having some like trauma Mm. from that so therefore he kind of maybe changes events to to kind of cope with it all, maybe. I'm, I'm not quite sure. That's not really elaborated on, but it's quite nice that that is potentially, you know, it's just quite a realistic view upon it. Instead of just being like, oh, Cloud just decided to just, just take his life for yeah. the lols. You know, he actually was like, fuck, I'm struggling with this, you know? Yeah. Which is a bit more real. But yeah, so the reason why I picked Zach really was just because I felt like he just has such an interesting storyline, and a, and a progression of character that is not touched upon as much as maybe it should have been, which is fine because they touched upon it in a different game, but, and they, they do touch, touch upon it upon, you know, and it, what I like about actually Final Fantasy VII is it is subtle. Yeah. It's the subtle mentions of it where if you know the, the, the you know, what happened, then it's quite cool. But as a young child, I was well confused. I'm not going to lie.
0: Yeah. I think that's, uh, that was one of the things like after going back and, finding more about crisis core you're like oh this story makes a lot more sense
1: now yeah but it yeah. seemed like cloud was just a bit stupid at times and it didn't really make any sense because you're just like yeah like yeah. there are a lot of things that make sense which now which now you get when you know but but then you know it's, it's hard to kind of to judge it but then that at the same time that's why i, I picked zach because it's it's kind of his character is just so important and vouched the story that um yeah and it is kind of cool what cloud does but also weird
0: yeah I think that's the thing I think Zack seems like the more interesting character but that's probably mostly because he is so in the background for so long Uh, and I think when you find out that about Cloud you know that he does all these things and he changes himself quite Mm. a lot and the story and stuff um, it kind of makes you feel so differently about him as a character but kind of even more cements why Zack is you know so interesting
1: yeah, and I think I do prefer Zack to Cloud. I think a lot yeah. of people agree with me there. But then at the same time, you know, not every character is going to be the same, and there's always reasons behind everything. And maybe Cloud is a bit of a knob because of that, and that's fine. Hmm. I think Zack for me was a little bit more lighthearted, hearted maybe a little yeah, like less moody than Cloud. Well, he was supposed to be a bit but... more
0: likable. Like that's the whole point of it, yeah. right? Like, you know, Cloud isn't. Cloud was never supposed to be the main.
1: Person in the story, he was always yeah. in the background, and he was kind of like the unchosen hero, I guess. Cloud,
0: yeah. I mean, he doesn't really enjoy it, and you can kind of tell that from where he is. Whereas mm. zach was like the more natural hero of the the story. Yeah. And if you were going to do true. a normal story, you probably would have put him in there. But you know why Seven is so good is that they put someone who just obviously doesn't want to be there.
1: Yeah, which I think again is amazing because, as I said, I, I wasn't moaning earlier about the fact that they didn't disclose that information. It's actually kind of cool. That whole like, the circle of it all because yeah, it gives Cloud more depth because you instead of just being like oh this guy's just a dick like you actually go no hang on, he was put into a really horrible situation that he then had to cope with and kind of live for someone else because he yeah it's really really deep yeah definitely I think that's the th- really that's the uh,
0: the theme of this week's episode is <laughs> deep
1: yeah so I I have the most facts for Zach to make up for my last character which I don't have any facts for Ooh. I have a lot um, and this is to do with Zack's role again as we were saying apparently Zack's role in the plot of Final Fantasy 7 was already there before he was created so before, like from the start it was decided that Cloud's cocky personality would be false but later on it was decided to to create the character whom Cloud based himself upon yeah. so there was always going to be that there which is quite cool um, but apparently before Zack Aerith was originally going to see her first loving Cloud but no one had decided who, um, yeah. They hadn't obviously decided who was actually going to be that person that Cloud would base himself upon. Yeah. But again, I also like the fact that Zach had like a fling with Aerith before Cloud because I've never really been a huge fan of Cloud and Aerith. That's all I'm going to say for yeah. now. Yeah, I agree. I think that works in that in that sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you. Um, so I will get my other fact now, my other many facts, which is... Uh apparently, Zach's Japanese voice actor, Kenichi Suzumara, is married to Aerith's Japanese voice actor, oh. Maya Sakamoto, which is adorable. That's really cute. Yeah. I thought that was really sweet. Uh-huh. So, another thing to do as well with Aerith's kind of character is apparently during a scene in, it says DMW, but I don't know what scene this is in. I assume this is crisis Core because I can't remember. Um, Zach tells Aerith that whenever they meet, they should do something in particular Zack's idea was for her to wear pink, but she thought the idea was silly. But after this event, she wears her signature pink outfit. So in case she, she was probably going to ever see him again. So I think that's, that's quite sweet. Yeah. Which is a nice kind of like back story to her. And apparently in Costa del Sol, Zack fights for the Parasol. And uh, apparently in Final Fantasy Seven, Ares can obtain a, an umbrella for a weapon, which kind of like plays on that. Amazing. Again, which is very sweet. Also, there's a seagull outside my window. I was
0: gonna say I can hear <laughs> a really weird noise. <laughs> oh <laughs> well, um. hello, Mr. Seagull.
1: You're interrupting art. Just just ignore that. Um so a a cool thing as well, which actually ties into Final Fantasy 15, which is apparently a random campsite in the game. Gladius does squats, which is like an illusion. To both cloud and zach because zach and zach does his little like typical squats like cloud oh, does yeah, seven the, the end yeah <laughs> they the ridiculous squats that you kind of <laughs> Just like, like
0: you're working out now like really over
1: exaggerated squats <laughs> so gladius does that and it's meant to be like a tribute almost oh which is quite cute yeah. um i think i'm gonna leave my facts there i reckon i reckon you reckon, reckon i'm good oh, yeah
0: i liked it i liked the facts I like the fact that Zach's mentioned. It's an interesting one, not having like a playable character in there, for sure. A seagull. <laughs> Clearly, this He's seagull agrees with you and joined. Wanted to join in his opinion.
1: <laughs> He's happy. Oh,
0: that's good. Um, we're just gonna go yeah, so seagull. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, And I'm glad our seagull friend agrees with you there. He does. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to go on to my number three, if you're all done. And I don't know. I think my number three will surprise you a little bit, but also not. So my number three is Zidane Tribal (laughs) from Final Fantasy IX.
1: There's another one. (laughs) I'm going to have to go scare them away. Hang on. <laughs> Please
0: leave. <laughs> you asked them so politely.
1: I asked him nicely. Yeah,
0: you did. You asked so lovingly. <laughs>
1: I got my pillow and kind of just swung it around. Right, sorry about that. Please start again. So
0: Sorry, I just have this image in my head of you just, like, sticking your head out of your little sun thing and just being like, excuse me, sir, do you
1: mind? Trying to record a podcast here. Oh, well... Uh, I'll give you a moment. I'll give you a
0: moment. That's a good one for the blooper reel. <laughs> no, we're keeping that in. Okay. Yeah. Um. Right. <laughs> My number three, before the seagull rudely interrupted <laughs> me, is Zidane Tribal from Final Fantasy IX. Zidane is Sweet. the main protagonist of Final Fantasy IX. Uh, he's like the main guy you play as, pretty much. He is basically a thief, and you find him out first and he's working for a theatre troupe, the Tantalus Theatre Troupe. And it kind of starts with you're planning to kidnap the princess. So apparently I really love kidnapping in Final Fantasy because this is my favourite Final Fantasy game and it starts with kidnapping. (laughs) God. (laughs) But this event kind of makes everything escalate like times a thousand and you end up basically having to protect the planet. So you know, what you thought was going to be your fun afternoon princess kidnapping turned into, you know, a dark, dark tale of saving the world. The reason I like Sedane the most, and I think one of the reasons that kind of feeds into my Love of Final Fantasy IX in general, is that he feels so different from the very stoic characters in 7 VII and 8. You have that real long, like, drudge up from even four, like we we're talking about earlier, like is quite a stoic person, and it's even worse with Cloud. And Squall, they're like super dead face all the time Mm. kind of characters. And Zidane just kind of changed it back, uh, you know, to the old kind of fantasy stories where you have this really courageous, light hearted kind of hero. It kind of like captures those elements, you know, of those relatable characters. And you can kind of see growth in him throughout the game as well. You kind of have some dark stuff to you, which is kind of a nice thing, so you have this light-hearted but there's also some real darkness in where you came from and it kind of gets revealed uh, in your backstory. Your backstory is a little grim, actually. But he's still a light-hearted person up until this fact. And then even after it, it takes you a little while, but you kind of come back to yourself. He, I think he's kind of really supported by everyone else in your party as well. Like, all the people you end up being with like we were saying about Queener everyone's really diverse and weird and Zidane kind of feels like he is so charming and he brings everyone together even though everyone's really reluctant and really weird and they you know no one quite meshes in this game like you can't see any of these people like i don't know if you stood all the characters in line they just look totally different it's not kind okay, of like you'd be like
1: what the fuck is this game
0: yeah like seven everyone kind of has the same not look, but, you know, you can tell they're in the same world, whereas this, you can tell they're in the same world, but they just look bizarre together. And I think that's kind of part of the charm, is that everyone is so different, but Zidane kind of pulls everyone together into a team, um, which is really nice. It's kind of like, some of my other favourite, it's like, you have like, a not so helpless damsel in distress kind of thing in Princess Garnet, and then the giant oaf that is Steiner, who's one of my favourite, and (laughs) the the yeah. relationship between Steiner and Zidane is one of my favourites. It's just really funny. Like, the, you know, them talking and the back and forth and stuff between them is just really funny. And and Vivi and stuff in the way that he is with him. So I think he's just one of my favourite characters ever. But more so in, like, Final Fantasy. He's, I guess his design is also, like we are saying, is a little weird. He's got a tail. I don't know any Final Fantasy characters that have a tail. That always
1: confused me.
0: So, it is part of the story, so I won't ruin it or try and skirt around the fact that he has a tail. I can remember. You also find out that um, the main villain has a tail. That might be spoiling quite a bit, but he also has one. But he, being a very vain kind of villain, he hides his tail. Unlike Zidane, where he just kind of uh, has it out. Just whips it out all the time, just waving it around. <laughs> but yeah, you you kind of find out that he's... Uh similar to Vivi, I guess, in his in the way that he is. He's not really uh he's not exactly human. Uh, which is obvious from the tale, but there is like a long kind of story about why. Yeah. It's not really ever explained why they have tails, but there is like a lead up to the story of of, you know,
1: who has it? Good. And I'm, why glad, they have it. I'm glad we found because I haven't I think I played Nine like once when I was very young and I've just started replaying it again now. And uh yeah, I couldn't remember. I was like was I supposed to know this? Is he a monkey? But now, as long as i uh, you know, there's some answers, then that's fine. Yeah, it's I'll kind of that. a little bit.
0: Um, one of my facts, actually, about this tale is that he only ever uses it once. Because it's prehensile. Um, It like, grabs onto stuff. Um, He uses it when he basically evades Steiner on the cargo ship. So I think Steiner's looking for him and he's trying to, like, get away from Steiner when they're not friends. Um, And he just uses it to avoid him. Which is quite funny, because he just... Him being so, like, cheeky and cocky and stuff, and, like, kind of swinging above the big stupid, like, man trying to get to him is just quite a funny um, thing that happens. Um, there's not too much I want to say about Zidane um, that I don't think I've covered in, in the, his personality. I think 100% its personality on this kind of thing. He doesn't particularly have a very interesting moveset or... Anything interesting in that sense? Uh, he can steal stuff, which is quite useful. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I think the story with him involved as well, and him being the main character um, is—he always just seems quite like a very lovable character. Like, and he flirts a lot with like Garnet and stuff throughout the throughout the game. And there's one point where he grabs her butt, which I always was like, "Oh my goodness, what are you doing?" But also... Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. But also that kind of yeah. makes you like him a bit more because you don't ever see that. Like,
1: I can't ever imagine Cloud doing that. You know what I mean? No. Like, it's not And I think Zidane was a nice break after 7 and 8 where you were just like, damn, moody protagonists. Right. Give me someone with a little bit more cheekiness. And then you got Zidane, so it's like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Zidane's going around pinching bums. <laughs> you don't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't pinch people's bums without their consent but you know. But if you're going to make
0: sure it's a princess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's a he's a fun
0: character. But yeah, I think the only I really struggled to find facts about Zidane. I think the only other one I have, other than he uses his tail once, is that he uh, kind of resembles people think he resembles uh, Sun Wukong, which is also known as the Monkey King. Uh, oh. Who's the protagonist in the Journey to the West and it's kind of the story about the monkey born from a stone. Uh he gets powers. His story and their story kind of follow each other. It's like the nice bullied story about uh the monkey king. But um, That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does follow, and you can kind of see the similarities in their story as well. Um, which I thought
1: was a cool fact. Apart from that, it's a very short three, but that is my number three. That's okay. Before we head on to my number three, I interrupt this normal viewing schedule. To bring you some more topical news. Huzzah!
0: (laughs) I just really wanted to throw that in there.
1: So basically, if you haven't heard already on our Twitter, we now have a Discord. I didn't really understand how to work a Discord before I did this. I'm getting there now. Yeah, you're learning. Um, So we have a Game to Vive Discord. The invitation can be found on any of our Twitter links that I've posted about it. Where, basically, you can just come and talk to us and other people... And each time that we do a podcast, or even a stream sometimes, who knows, um, I make, we'll make like a thread to to say like, so at the moment we've got one that's open for top five Final Fantasy characters, so if, if everyone wants to like discuss their own top fives, that'll be awesome. We get really bored of talking about our own top fives and hearing each other voices, so anytime someone else wants to come in and give us their top five, we really like that. Yeah. So feel free to do that. We'll be making lots of threads to do with that, to do with our streams, just come and have a chat if you're lonely, whatever.
0: Yeah come um, join us
1: I made some emojis so if so, anything else just come for the emojis yeah please bring more emojis with you Nikki's made, made some good ones already but... I made a beetle one mm. I made a butler from team raider one I made a Gilbert Godfrey one and a Garrus one I am not very good at it so far but I'm learning
0: yeah I mean I think Gilbert Godfrey is my favourite
1: I will forever use yeah. it but so yeah join the discord if you feel like it yeah
0: Beautiful. I was my outro. Um.
1: <laughs> this is a great episode. I'm loving it. <laughs> everything.
0: <laughs>
1: we should get sandboards more often.
0: We should. We should always tailor make these little soundboards.
1: Yeah. Let us know if you want us to do that because I feel like we might need more encouragement. Yes, yeah, a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, my number three. Yes might be a crossover oh and my number three is ignis oh no no okay i almost Damn put ignis in i kind of just want to hear Sephiroth. i'm not gonna lie oh yeah sorry that's okay so my number three is ignis Scientia. he is a companion character playable character in the dlc for final fantasy 15 i love ignis so mm. much he just warms my heart. Uh huh. His voice. Yeah, he's yeah. I I picked him just because I don't know. I just I find that sometimes I don't always find Final Fantasy characters that endearing or lovable. And Ignis, I wasn't too sure of at first. Yeah. I was like, hmm. I don't know if I like his slacks or his glasses or his flicky hair,
0: <laughs> the kind of pompous his
1: attitude. <laughs> but as time went on, I was like, Do you know what? He's like really the the kind of dad of the group. Yeah. He and I really liked on you. that. Yeah. So, Ignis was raised alongside Noctis, who is the main protagonist of the game. He was raised as his advisor from a very young age, and so he's, there, he's basically Noctis' very close childhood friend, and a part of the royal retinue alongside Gladius and Prompto. So, Ignis comes from the House of Scientia. so they're a family of royal retainers, so he was kind of bred to be his advisor, which is a little bit depressing. Mm. So he entered Noctus's service at the age of six, which is mad. Oh my god, child yeah, labor! <laughs> Basically, it's not. It's not good. And when you know, and then when they're on the road, he effectively acts as as caretaker for the crew, driving the car and balancing all the books and cooking for them.
0: Oh yeah, he does so, everything.
1: Really, Ignis is fucking runs the show. V- Ignis is MVP for sure. Yeah, like he he just fucking does everything, and no one gives him any credit. God I'm just kidding. It. They they do, they do, but it's just one of those things where it's like he just feels like a lot more important maybe than the yeah. other two who are kinda just
0: They're just along a bit for mad. the ride. They're a bit like muscle, right? Yeah. Like especially Glado,
1: he's just kind of muscle around. Him. Well he's definitely the, the eye candy. Prompto, I'm not really sure what his purpose is. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> to take pictures.
0: <laughs> yes. To take
1: pictures, to make everything. stop
0: a- the goddamn car for a fucking picture every two
1: seconds. <laughs> Just give him a camera so he'll be amused and doesn't bother anyone. Yeah, that one. <laughs> so Ignis is very intelligent. He is basically Noctis's confidant and helper. So if I didn't mention it before, Noctis is basically royalty. So that's why Ignis is kind of there to, to help him and Ignis kind of serves him. And has great banter at the same time. He's sarcastic, has great quips. and And as I said, he has great cooking skills. Yep. Oh, why didn't I make a drop for coming this?
0: Coming up with new
1: recipes. Why didn't I come up with a drop? That would have been great. I'll put one in. So, Steph, Steph just did that, but she's going to put one in now so we can hear Ignis's marvellous voice. I've come up with a new recipe. Yep. That's him coming <laughs> up with a new recipe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, which he does for, for all the characters and cooks yeah. for them, because if he didn't, then they'd all starve and die. And that would be a depressing game. Well, they'll just eat toast. Yeah, well, just burnt toast. Mm. So, <laughs> as I was saying, he he drives the car and cooks. And just generally has a nice demeanor about him. I think I find there's something very heartwarming between the relationship between Noctis and Ignis. And I guess it is because it started so young. And a lot of, a lot of bad things happen to the group and to Noctis as the game kind of plays out. And, and Ignis to me, suffers a lot of the brunt of it and has to make kind of, without spoiling it, has to suffer something quite nasty for the cause and he just kind of seems to be like more one of the serious ones but at the same time level-headed. Yeah. Definitely. So everything that he's saying is kind of relatable, realistic and not in a way that's, not because I find can be a bit emotionally reactive whereas Ignis is kind of always like got his head screwed on but also bears the brunt of a lot of shit
0: yeah you know definitely he's and kind that's of what makes me love him more like the catalyst for a lot of things yes yeah. you can tell i think i missed a lot about their relationship i think but I just like playing a game and i keep meaning to replay yeah. it but you can kind of feel it in certain parts where like you said like when he bears brunts of you know bad shit happening to him and stuff yeah. like you really feel it.
1: Yeah, and I think... So I've just downloaded the DLCs. I bought the season pass because it wasn't that expensive on PlayStation Store. Oh, nice. I wanted to have finished Ignis DLC before I did this top five, but unfortunately I didn't have time. But I'm playing for it at the moment, and I would definitely recommend it because so far it seems like you really get to see some of the, the things that are missed, which made me sad that they weren't in the main game, but I guess I kind of understand why. Yeah. But it gives a lot to do with like his character development. And more about their relationship, which is really nice. So, yeah,
0: would recommend.
1: Cool. Um, I will get round to the other ones as well, but Ignis is the most important.
0: Yeah, we love the Ignis. Iggy.
1: Yeah. So, I will get on to my facts, because I won't be on this one for t- too long. We'll start with the full meaning of Ignis' name. And apparently, it translates to, I stun with fiery knowledge. <laughs>
0: Amazing.
1: <laughs> it's not a literal translation, but uh, apparently... It kind of means I fire stun amazed with knowledge if you were to, like, literally translate everything to do with his name. Right, yeah. We won't get into that, who cares? But that's kind of what it means. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ignis stuns with fiery knowledge. Who knew? I mean,
0: I did just as a reaction to his knowledge, but I didn't know that his name was literally that.
1: Yeah, so... I love it. It's pretty special. Um, also, I don't know if anyone's ever noticed, but... Ignis has a different accent to everybody in the game, in the English version. He does. So he speaks with a British accent, like us. <laughs> this, this accent that you're <laughs> hearing right now. If you didn't know. However, um, obviously the other characters have more American accents. This is thought that it might be because Ignis is from a different region of the world, but this has never actually been mentioned or really kind of expanded on. So it was the director... Hmm. Hajim Tabata that said that. So it's likely that he is from another part of the world. But yeah, we don't know why.
0: Oh, just a just random Apart accent. That. Yeah. I, especially because he grew up wherever everyone else did at the age of six. Yeah, like, unless a... he was
1: just shipped off. I don't know. No,
0: maybe. Or maybe he just only <laughs> got to speak to like people with the same accent.
1: Maybe. But um, apparently... Now, I didn't know this, but Adam Crowstyle, who they've done a lot like the, the Chocobros, as they call themselves. So I think it's Noctis, Prompto... And Ignis do a lot of, like, streaming. And I do know that Adam Croster, the guy who voices Ignis, does have, like, an English accent in real life. But apparently he's actually from Zimbabwe. Oh, cool. There you go. Just yeah. a fact. Fact. So my last and final fact is about the most important thing ever. Fashion. Amazing. Apparently Ignis, like the other party members, went through a design overhaul. The original footage of him had him wearing a white dress shirt under a jacket, jeans and a dog tag pendant like any cool Japanese character would. (laughs) Honestly, that's what it looked like. It looked like gangster Japanese guy.
0: I mean, when you hear it, I'm just pitching like Yakuza games and, you know. Yeah,
1: basically. So they changed it to a purple and black animal print dress shirt worn with a suit. And a pair of uniquely styled blue gloves, which is how we remember him. To an extent, because yeah, he doesn't always special, wear that. Special but little
0: driving gloves. I remember
1: first seeing him and being oh. like... I think that's when I was like, I don't like the cut of his jib. But then I realised that he was just a lovely soul. And yeah, now I love he it. He was
0: doing everything for you. And you were like,
1: oh, okay. I'm, I'm yeah. cool with this guy. So Ignis, to me, is just an incredible, incredibly likeable character. Has a very interesting backstory and relationship with the main character. And it's just quite real. Yeah. I just just love Iggy.
0: Iggy is probably my favourite out of uh, the characters from, yeah, Final Fantasy Fifteen. definitely. Yeah. He just, like you said, he's the most likeable, he does the most, and he has probably, like, one of the most interesting stories out
1: of, you know, your
0: guys. Because he's just, like, Noctus, pretty much, and then Iggy. And that's kind of it. Yeah.
1: To be fair, I haven't played the DLCs for the other ones. The other guys might have interesting backstories. They true. They but- might. Going off of not really playing the DLCs properly, Iggy is to me the most endearing. So yeah, sorry Prompto and Gladius. Sorry, not um, sorry.
0: Yeah, I mean you gotta have a guy who cooks. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: I mean, what can Gladius do really apart from lift things and squat?
0: <laughs> lift the heavy thing. <laughs> squat the then heavy thing. you got Prompto off
1: just taking pictures of rocks.
0: Yeah, so far in the list of useful <laughs> things, Ignis is coming out top yeah so that's my that's my number three nice it's a very cool number three um like i said i haven't got anyone from uh final fantasy 15 but if i did have room for him ignis definitely would have been my one awesome so we're on to number two and i don't think we're gonna have any crossovers but i'm interested my number Mm. two is a character from final fantasy 10 and i have picked auron from Final Fantasy Ten. Okay, nope, that's not what I've got. Nope, so I picked Auron because I like a lot of the characters in Final Fantasy X, and it was really difficult for me to pick one and not just include like all the characters from Final Fantasy X for different reasons. The reason I went with Auron is because there's something to be said for the fact that he's not uh, the protagonist or you know the second version of a protagonist, which I'm sure is a fancy word, but I don't know. It. Or, you know, he's just one of the characters that is with you. But he's kind of everyone's favourite in terms of, like, the internet and that kind of thing. I think because he exudes this kind of cool, badass, samurai-like presence for the entire time. And he doesn't even really try hard to do it. It's not this, like, overly serious kind of version of him, even though he is serious. It's kind of like a... You're just with a very straight-faced normal human, but there's still like a nice side to him. There's an obviously very caring side. It's not a like, you know, I don't care about anything or anyone kind of serious attitude. It's just kind of a we're here to get stuff done and I want to help and I, you know, care. He's got a very interesting story, which I don't know whether to mention or not because it's quite a big spoiler for the game. But he basically, used to be like a, he's like a warrior monk and he kind of is the mentor figure for your team that you kind of collect in the game. Um, and he is <laughs> again he, with the collecting. Um, I mean, I can't, I can't think of anyone else to use. He, he, he's the one who brings Titus, the main protagonist, to the world of Spira in order to save everybody. Um, he's kind of like Titus's father figure. Has uh, a hard time with his actual dad and like what he does and. I think Auron kind of is everyone's dad. He's kind of like the daddy of Final Fantasy X. He's basically famous in the game for being like the greatest guardian that ever lived. And this is because in Fantasy X, there is a, a big monster that's basically kills, you know, tries to kill lots of people every so often. And you do a final summoning as a summoner and you take your guardians with you to get you through the journey to go and kill the monster and then they kind of look after you until you can do the main thing and auron was one of these guardians for someone who succeeded in getting rid of the monster and he's kind of got this fame around him and everyone is just always amazed by him and his loyalty and his dedication and for the most part of this game he's kind of the one who just keeps doing that for you know when you go on your new journey so you're kind of going off to do this journey again. And he's the one to just kind of be like, right, we're going to do this. We're going to go here. Let's, you know, it keeps everyone calm, keeps everyone level, um, you know, to try and just get everyone there, which I like about him. Like I said, it's that serious, no kind of bullshit attitude. And he has some of the best, like, come like burn comebacks in the game. Just says, like, all the cool stuff, like, really effortlessly. Uh, but also you can tell that he... Enjoys being with the people. He's not just there, like being grumpy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's not a, not a. I don't want to be here kind of thing. Yeah, he's just sassy. Yeah, he's just sassy, which I always like a sassy character. I think most of my characters that I've picked are just pure sass levels. <laughs> um. Yeah, without without spoiling too much about, or it's quite difficult to talk about him and why he's so cool and you know there's a twist with him in the end um, and I think that kind of pushes his dedication and that kind of dad looking after everyone figure to another level um, and that's kind of what makes him different from just like you know like we were talking about Gladius is just kind of there to be the the serious get everyone there kind of thing um, but he doesn't have that kind of softer side that Ignis does where I think Auron kind of has that side as well because essentially yeah. he, you know, has been sent to look after Una and Titus by their dads and stuff. So, you know, he's kind of okay. I'll off I go again. I'll do the journey. Like I've already done this. Like he doesn't need to do the same journey again. But he does it because he's you know, strong and cool.
1: That's good. Bit like Ignis. Then you know, he's just like I'm. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna take over and just do the shit because it needs to get done.
0: Yeah. Pretty much, it's like sure, like sheer force of will to yeah. look after you know everybody again and save the world a second time round. Yeah, even though he's got his own shit going on. Yeah, and he's quite a mysterious, weird character as well. Like how he appears to pick up Titus and then he disappears because you see him right at the start of the game, and he kind of helps you out, and then you're kind of transported to tight Ty- with Titus and then he disappears for a while and then just suddenly he appears and he's this famous guy and you're like, what the hell? Like, you're friends with my dad in this year but you're also in this place and it's, it's a weird and confusing story when you don't explain all of it. I do understand that. But
1: yeah, there's cool stuff to be found. Um... Before just to interrupt you, I haven't played this in a while but I know that he wears sunglasses and I would just, in my head, I just pictured him, like, getting somewhere and then taking your sunglasses off and everyone being like, oh my god, you're actually the cool guy that we all know about. Like, <laughs> you know. Shit, how did we not know it was you? Well, I just... That would be great.
0: Yeah, that would be good. It's always, like, the bits... Like, the opposite versions of the things that happen in, like, those crime scene dramas, like NCIS and stuff, where it's, like, that guy who says one line and puts on his sunglasses Oren does the opposite of that where he says a cool thing and takes off the sunglasses (laughs) you're like oh my god you're so amazing (laughs) yeah yeah man I've just realised one of my facts is kind of related to the spoiler that I've also got can you say it without like spoiling completely (sighs) Mm mmm no one of my facts is just never... You know, you know you're know, you not going to know. And if you really want to know, you can join us on our Discord and I'll tell you what it is. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, there blackmail. we go. <laughs> oh, it's not a really blackmail. It's bribery. Bribery. There we go. Some bribery of facts. You could probably Google, but you're not going to. <laughs> so, the only other fact I have is that of all the characters that get featured in Kingdom Hearts, which is the game that's like a mix of Final Fantasy and Disney, Auron is one of the three Final Fantasy characters that you can be active party members along with cloud and zach um so he's kind of on that same level as those guys um but he it also is implied through his memories in the game that he is the same character as the character in final fantasy X, rather than having like an original version of the character in kingdom hearts which is different because i think the other guys in there are like a, an original version of themselves but in Kingdom Hearts so they kind of have I a different story. I just get by
1: Kingdom Hearts so I'm just <laughs> I'm yeah. not even going to attempt it.
0: It's a, it's a little confusing sentence but basically they're kind of the same characters in Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy X which is rare and different and kind of cool because he's got a very cool okay. story being all old but and not. Sassy. And sassy. Um, uh, yeah
1: that's my, my quick number two. It's okay I cannot imagine what your number one's going to be. Actually, no, I do. I think I know. You have to know. I did not think you'll know what my number one is. Oh, I know what your my number num- one is. You do? Yeah. Okay, well, I'd like to know if you're wrong, because I think you're wrong. Okay. My, my number two, though, yep. we'll get to that one first, is Tifa Lockhart from Final Fantasy Seven.
0: Oh, okay. You did you
1: expect that? No, because I thought that was going to be your number one. No. Ha ha. <laughs> I fooled you. <laughs> I have been fooled. In that case, I know who it is. Oh, no, you don't. Well, you can. You, we can we can get there when we get there. So, <laughs> Tifa Lockhart is a character in Final Fantasy VII. As you said, I don't know what the word is when you can play them in battle, but they're not protagonists. Protagonists, but let's just say playable character. She's a playable character in Final Fantasy VII. She is kind of potentially could be seen as a romantic interest for mm. Cloud. Who we've discussed earlier, Mister Instagram Life. Yep. So she, you know. She could be implied to be that, but whether it is, it's, it's a whole other fucking shitstorm. But anyway, the most important thing is Tifa is her own woman and she's not just about romance. So we're going to talk about her as a person. And not so, her boobs. Yes. Or her non-existent romance. Yeah. So she is a member of the eco-terrorist group Avalanche and she is the owner of the 7th Heaven Bar in the slums of Midgar. She's also the childhood friend of Cloud Strife, the protagonist. Uh, and so basically she later on convinces him after all that shit that went down with him and Zack to join the avalanche group to keep him safe and close and she later assists in saving the planet with him from the the evil do the drop, do the drop, do oh. the drop wait, wait the evil see if I was on the audio I could have done that and it would have been fucking great but anyway <laughs>
0: Sorry for not being psychic enough to
1: know when you want me to play a drop. (laughs) The evil. No, it's fine. If I ever say it like that again, you know what to do. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, she uh, then obviously assists in in helping him save the planet against the evil. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure we got it right that time. (laughs) So, so she's quite important, really, in her own way. And she she was actually born in Nibelheim, which is where all that other shit went down with Zack and Cloud. And she had a bit of a shit life, to be honest, because her mother died, unfortunately, when she was eight. And so she was always a bit confused about that. She always believed her mother had gone to Mount Nibel in Nibelheim. So she always thought if she crossed the mountain, she'd be able to go see her again. That kind of that details Aww. out a bit in the game. yeah, Which is a bit sad, really. Yeah. So apparently it's kind of... Um, misread though about her and actual Cloud's childhood friendship apparently it wasn't actually that intense from what I've read but still they they were closer I think when they got a little bit older so when Cloud decided to join Soldier like his idol the evil (laughs) (laughs) this is going to get fucking annoying Um, everyone thinks that he might have done it to basically impress Tifa because I think at that point I think he did have a little bit of a crush on her so at one point he calls her out to the water tower tell her of his plans and then she basically asked him to, to promise him promise her to protect her if she was ever in trouble which is quite cute Yeah. and then he buggered off to join Soldier Stupid uh, Cloud. and Tifa eventually joined Avalanche so they kind of went their own ways but apparently she never really forgot about him and was always asking around about if anyone knew like, what Cloud was doing or where he was which is quite nice yeah. and so Still yeah, she actually then A little bit stalkerish, but also cute. Yeah. we're going to give her cuteness. Let's go cute. So, (laughs) obviously, she went off to do her own thing and live her best life. So, that's good. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) She found him again and, you know, they all joined together and and stuff. But the reason I, I mentioned about the romance was because I always shipped Cloud and Tifa over Aries and Cloud.
0: Yeah, I think... The, so the first time when I was younger, I was a bit more Aries-bound. But I think the more I have played it and stuff and got to grips with the story of being older, the more I'm in Tifa's you yeah. know, Tifa's realm. You know, she's a business owner and an activist.
1: <laughs> she's got a lot going on for her. And I think it's that whole childhood friendship, because that's kind of what you want, isn't it? Like, that's, yeah. that's what you learn about, and you see them together when they're younger, and you kind of see how much she cares for him. And then when you see this, you know, hot new chick come on the fucking out, you know, it's yeah, like for
0: weird powers and a weird living in a yeah.
1: old church with some flowers. And it's like clouds, just like bye, bitch, and like doesn't even remember who Tifa is because he's all distracted by this, you know, hot new lady. Oh, piece of ass. And I just really feel for Tifa. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I, just, um, I just feel I'm with for Tifa you. in that
1: regard. Because you. I just feel like she's a bit heartbroken by it, and she never really wants to speak her mind. So I would always say Tifa on the Ferris wheel, unless I can take Barrett. Oh yeah, Barrett is really—he deserves that Ferris wheel.
0: Yeah, sometimes I like—I think Yuffie is a good option as oh, well because yeah. it's choosing neither camp.
1: Yeah, and I think she she really appreciates the Ferris wheel too. So she does. you know, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I was always just Team Tifa. I think because for me as a young girl. I always felt more of a tomboy, and I saw a lot of that in Tifa. Whereas for me, I saw someone like Ares, who, yes, I love Ares. Or Aerith, sorry, it's confusing to to know if it's Ares or Aerith. I just go between the two. Yeah. Um, it's the same person, for anyone that doesn't know. So I, you know, I still love her, and I think she's sweet, and she's a, a great character, and has a really interesting backstory. But for me, Ares was, like, the girly girl, and Tifa was, like, the more of the tomboy.
0: Yeah. She was and more think, integrated.
1: Yeah. And I think growing up, me being me... I liked the idea of this more tomboy woman who has like, I don't know, she's kind of just like, just looks badass. And she just like punches. And yeah. she she knows, um, she got taught in martial arts, didn't she? Like as she grew up. So she basically is just, I don't know, she just has that aspect. And for me growing up, that was just more of what I was about. And Aries to me was just that typical, almost a little bit of a trope of yeah. a female She She's a little bit damsel in distress. Uh, yeah.
0: Aries, and like you're right Tifa can handle herself and she's kind of proven that because she set up like her own little life and she has yeah. the respect of like Barrett, who mm. you know what I mean like she can all the all the guys in Avalanche and stuff really respect Tifa yeah like, exactly you know she's the, like boss lady
1: um, yeah. and I think yeah Aries had like a kind of whiff of Almost airiness about her. As weird yeah. as that sounds, like no, she, really especially she, in Crisis Core, you could tell that she's very girly, very floaty, very much a bit like whoo, you know. Yeah, she's that was the, weird. She's <laughs> the, <laughs> I don't know what that noise she's was. She's the hippie yoga chick that you, you know, you date. Yeah, and it's like it's fun and she's nice, but you know, there's no real depth to her. Yeah. Whereas, you get Tifa, who's a little bit. I don't know. It's just yeah. For me, that's it. And I, I read an article the other day where someone was saying about how they thought Tifa was like the most boring character. in in Final Fantasy 7 and I was just like I was just so annoyed because I was like to me she represents everything about like female empowerment at that time as she was a young girl growing up to have someone like Tifa you know next to someone like Ares who for Ares I didn't really kind of you know I couldn't put myself next to whereas I saw someone like Tifa and I'm like yeah that makes me feel more normal and like this is okay and it's okay to be bit more independent it's okay to not be as girly and, and things like that I'm sort of stereotypical and just stereotypically punch things female to death. yeah yeah like David it wasn't necessarily that feminine and I think that's for me like that's why I was just really angry at the article because I was just like that's just such bullshit like she's a very interesting character if you give her a chance
0: yeah I just yeah she, like you like said she's a definitely different female character than you know the princess peaches of the world
1: exactly like she you know you can't really mess around like she'd probably punch you in the face if yeah. you know if you pissed her off And I like that.
0: Yeah. It's a good, it's a good trick to have.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) that's really why I picked Tifa. I just think because she just, for me, she's just quite pivotal and important. And I don't want to, I don't want to look past her, you know? Yeah. Tifa, I'm I'm putting, Cloud may not put you on his list, but I'm putting you on my list.
0: Yeah. Team Tifa over here. Yeah,
1: so stupid. Cloud doesn't know what's what. <laughs> I still hope you know because well, it's depressing because I guess in like Advent Children, which is the movie that came after the game, they're still not together, and that's you know still a thing. But I mean, I think one day. Yeah,
0: although I'm I'm kind of like I think that's best. I have more respect mm. for Tifa than I do for Cloud, and I'm kind of thinking like you can do better, Tifa. That's you true. You can do better.
1: Yeah, that's true. She kind of got a zone, didn't she? Really?
0: Yeah, she did.
1: Uh huh.
0: She, her, and Vincent.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's
0: my real, <laughs> that's my real trope. That's what I always yeah. wanted to
1: happen. Um, but I've I've got a fact that kind of leads into that, which is, um, well, actually this this part isn't. But Tifa maybe short for Tiffany. That's that's yeah. one fact on its own. Nice. <laughs> Not really confirmed. Um, but more about Tifa's last name, which is Lockhart. So everyone's always thought this might be a reference to Tifa's reserved nature and hiding away her feelings for Cloud, as she locks them away within her heart. Aww. Or it's also thought to maybe it's her role in unlocking Cloud's psyche later in the game because they kind of delve more into Cloud taking over Zack's persona yeah. kind of thing. So it could be either one of those. I think it's probably both of them. Yeah, I'm like a honest. mixture
0: of the two. Yeah, Locking and unlocking.
1: Like yeah. a locksmith. <laughs> so Tifa was also meant to have white hair, apparently, originally. Oh, weird. Just, yeah, I can't imagine her with white really. hair. yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's, just, she was... that's just a fact. <laughs> that's just a weird fact that everyone's <laughs> glad that she doesn't have white hair. Yeah. Uh, and another fact, which I literally didn't back up with any information other than just the sentence, is that Cloud and Tifa were apparently meant to end up together, or hinted to have ended up together, as apparently a scene later on in the game was cut that finally implied that they did kind of get it on. I think all it is, is something to do with the high wind where they both emerge together all dishevelled. And there was another scene in the game, which is similar to this, which I mentioned in one of my other podcasts, but this is a different scene that was actually cut out, um, which implies it more heavily, which, you know, fine. Yeah, yeah. fine, fine. fine. <laughs> but I haven't really got any other feelings about that. Like, as you said, Tifa deserves better, so.
0: Yeah, I think Tifa, you know, knowing to be the independent woman that she is, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But also, one day I hope that Cloud turns around to her and it's just like, "I'm sorry, Tifa, I was wrong. It's all about you. You're yeah. the best."
0: <laughs> and at that point, she's like, "I don't need you. I got my own stuffs, bitch." <laughs> uh,
1: I'd say she's got a bar, but I don't think that goes well in the end. So mm. yeah, that's true. She's... They do blow up an entire city. So yeah, but that's cool. Yeah, so she don't need nothing or no one. Nope, she's got and Barrett. That's why we love her. Her yeah. and Barrett. That's who I dream of. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. I just I think they make a nice couple, <laughs> looking Hi, after brother, Marlene. They're brother and sisterly though. That's creepy. yeah, no, this is true. <laughs> Let's just go Tifa <laughs> and Vincent. Let's just ship them. Yeah, that that one. They're like that was my first. They're one. like the goths of the Final Fantasy universe. I love goth it. Goth couple.
0: And they can sit in their crypt, hanging out. <laughs> yeah,
1: talking about feelings.
0: Making some candles. <laughs>
1: I just have an image of Vincent just out there making candles. Now <laughs> he's become quite the artisan since he saved the world. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's my number two. I love it.
0: Number two done. Oh, I can't believe we're on to number one already. I know. This is a uh,
1: this is golden. That's fine. My number one is very long, so... Ooh.
0: I don't see... I'm struggling with the characters' ones to make them very long because I pretty much just go, I like them because of this thing.
1: And then I'm like... And then I'm done. That's fine. That was me in Worlds last time. I was just like, don't know. There's some trees. It's nice. It looks pretty. That's it. I'm glad we've always got a balance, you know. One's one's thought through their list. <laughs> the other one's just gone, yeah,
0: some people. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so I think I... I mean, you know who my number one is going to be, so... Uh, I'm going to guess. Do you want me to say it? Yeah, go for it. Is it Vivi? It is Vivi. Vivi here. or however you say his last name. Vivi is from Final Fantasy IX. He is kind of the side character to to Zidane. Uh, And these two as a pair are why they're on my list, because they're just great together. But Vivi makes the top... Um, Probably because he is just, like, I think a lot of people have a lot of love for Vivi. He's probably the most human feeling out of all of them. And he's the least, one of the least human looking. He's got probably one of the most iconic looks in Final Fantasy. He's a black mage. So he's got a big hat and uh, he's kind of, he's just all black with bright, giant, yellow, like, yellow eyes. Um, Not any other face, literally just like a round black circle with two giant yellow eyes. But he's really cute. And he kind of appears at first to be really gullible and clumsy and shy and just stumbles over himself and just doesn't have any confidence. And he's a bit fearful, like he's a black mage uh, and he looks like black mages did in like the older games as well. Um, But he's really kind of almost scared of himself and like his powers and stuff. Like using his black magic he is just a little bit unsure of himself. Um, But, like, during the time that you spend with Zidane and how they become friends, Zidane kind of acts like a bigger brother and helps him to kind of get over some of this. And you kind of see him gain a lot more bravery and a lot more confidence until he becomes, like, the badass black mage that he ends up at the end being. His overall story, I find, is one of... Like I said, he's quite a human story and he has probably the most existential backstory of any of them. He's trying to find out what the meaning of existence is. Like that's his hundred percent. It's like what VV is. I think that's quite a classic human thing of like, why? Trying to find the whys and wherefores about why you exist and whether you're unique in a world or you're just one of many. And I think we're kind of, the story that he goes on is something that is really interesting to watch as a human because you want to find out for yourself as well and learn with him which I think is really deep and really nice his like trademark line even is like how do you prove that you exist, maybe we don't exist which yeah I don't know, he's just really deep man like there's not much to say <laughs> about Phoebe other than he just makes you really think about what it is to be human despite being obviously not human
1: I remember when I was when I was younger I loved Phoebe and I remember when he would say stuff like that about does he exist, I was like no Phoebe I'm sorry you don't, you're in a video game <laughs>
0: It's true. It's kind of like you're talking, listening to him and you're kind of like learning this discovery and you're actually like, but he's not real. Does he know he's not real? And then you have your own little crisis about where, how Vivi's feeling. <laughs> and yeah, I think the other thing about Vivi is although he has like these really depressing kind of self-aware moments, he also has some really funny stuff happen. Like he, you see him kind of travel around the world and he's kind of discovering stuff. He's a bit like Queener in that sense. Like They're kind of a very similar thing, whereas Vivi has quite a strong, you know, deep sense of self and stuff like that. But then, also, they're they're each discovering things. So there's, like, times when I think Vivi follows a bunch of kids around. Because Vivi feels like a real, like, small child, which is weird. Um, But, yeah, like, there's things like you can go skipping with him. And I think you, like... He falls over every so often, which is really oh, endearing. Yeah. Like, he's just running along and he just falls down. He feels a bit scarecrowish in the... Because his look is a little bit scarecrowish. I think.
1: Uh, yeah, I wonder if, like, you would pull his hat off and he'd be, like, really fucking ugly underneath. Like well, a grotesque monkey.
0: This is true. But then his face is the bright yellow eyes. I think he'd just be a round
1: head blob. <laughs> <laughs> just like a sausage with eyes. Oh, God, we've ruined this adorable character. I'm sorry, everyone. Well, now when you look at Vivi, you're just going to see this little sausage with yellow bright eyes staring okay. at you when you take his hat off.
0: Thank cylindrical
1: sausage. I'm going to draw it. I'm going to draw it and I'm going to post it onto our Discord thread. And I'm going to give everyone can you make nightmares. Him, can you make him a bit, like, wrinkly and gross?
0: Why do you want to make him disgusting? Because it's it. funnier.
1: Because... Then, you know, instead of him being this cute little, like, with a little hat on, you're like, you put his hat off and you're like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> He's just got, like, another face under there or something. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're, you're beautiful in your own way, baby. So just, just put this hat back on. Help me. <laughs> yeah, so make this image and post it to our Discord and everyone will immediately exit. Good. I'm glad I'm going to draw people in with my promise of
0: facts and then... Instantly drive them away with my nightmare fuel drawings. Done. I'm excited. Okay. Um, So, yeah, Vivi has a weird sausage head. Um, He's probably one of the strongest people you can have in your party. Um, He's got pretty much all the spells. Like, I can't remember. I don't think anyone else really learns black magic other than Vivi. So if you don't have him in your party, you're a bit stupid. Other than Quina with her weird blue magic. Or their weird blue magic, sorry. Um, but the one cool thing is that if you have him with a party with Steiner... Because also the relationship between Vivi and Steiner is really cute. It's like... They become besties. And Steiner, Steiner's this kind of, like, stern-looking, like... Wants to follow the rules uh, knight. Like, very much, like, typical knight-type character. Uh, but him and Vivi, like, they just... They just want to be friends and sometimes get up to some mischief. But also, like, Steiner just takes such a liking to Vivi because I think he's so innocent and he can kind of see that. Um, and he's like, oh, he's a lovely chap. And you kind of see him, like, look at Vivi with, like, such love of, like, oh, this, I, lo- I love Vivi. And then just look across at Zidane and just be like, oh, this fucking monkey ass, like, <laughs> dick that you're with. Why are you friends with him? And Vivi's like, I'm friends with everybody. Um, but anyway... If you're in a party with Steiner and you're in a fight, um, Steiner has access to like spells that Vivi also has and you can kind of make your sword have that spell, which is really useful and it's one of the, like, the strongest things that I end up always doing. So Steiner's damage also applies like an elemental effect, which just makes their kind of relationship and I always have those two in my party, even though I should mix it up sometimes. But I'm like, nope, these are Co's work and it's awesome. Um, and they're really cute together. Um, I'm going to just do some facts while i can think of some facts um vivi is not just my favorite final fantasy character in 2008 he was voted number two favorite all-time final fantasy characters on ign yeah
1: can you guess who number one was what the favorite of all time favorite final fantasy character yeah give me a minute i can give you a clue yes really yeah everyone loves sephiroth I guess I've just never been very good at liking the bad guy. Yeah. Like, I mean, to be fair, Teproth was in my top five, um, like, evil, evil villains. Mm. But I wouldn't pick him, like, over other characters. But then, you know, fair. Yeah. I, I fair. think he's, like, the cool
0: character to like. Whereas, Vivi yeah. is the most interesting one to <laughs> like, personally. His trade, Vivi's also his trademark line that I said earlier. How do you prove you exist? Maybe we don't exist. Um, has a slightly different meaning in Japanese. It basically says, uh, if you can't show proof that you are living or alive, it might as well be the same as thing as being dead. So there's a little bit of a different spin, but I kind of get wait. it. If you can't prove, say it again. <laughs> if you can't show proof that you are living slash alive, it might as well be the same thing as being dead.
1: I mean, I think that's really depressing and I'm not a fan of that one. (laughs) That just makes it sound like I can't prove to you that I'm living, therefore I am dead. Yep. That's weird. But uh, hey, it's cool.
0: Existentialism. It's a fun (laughs) thing that everybody gets to experience. Um, There's uh, also... So I said about Vivi being seen... You kind of view him as this small child. Um, It's kind of a hint that... um, he was born, like, less than a year before the game starts, putting him about six months old, technically. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, there's Odd. also kind of the idea that he could also be nine. I think there's another thing that's saying, like, people think he's also nine, which puts him the same age as the game. There's a couple of different, like, references to pe- player the characters having, like, nine in their birthday somewhere to match the yeah. Final Fantasy nine. But at six months old, he goes through a lot of shit that's true yeah poor little sausage guy yeah and his weird weird sausage head uh and my last fact for Mr. Sausage Head is that his the the word Vivi in uh different languages uh can mostly translate to does exist or existence and something along those kind of alive natures like something around that thing um is kind of that thing so it kind of even ties into his name which i found really interesting
1: final fantasy loved to do that they
0: did they really loved to play around with their names and basically make them mean the character. if i didn't
1: include name entomology in some of my characters i mentioned like it was there i just chose dot to yeah but they every single one i swear has like something to do with the character
0: yeah i think i've had the same i think some of them i've just chose not to mention but they were all there
1: I feel like entomology is the study of bugs. I don't think it's the study of names or words. I like that you're just using it, though. I know it's... it's, um, Let's have a look. Yeah, entomology is the study of bugs, but... Uh, There is another word that's the study of words uh, and word meanings, and it's similar, but it's not entomology, but hey, I said entomology anyway. At least I I knew as soon as I said it that I was wrong, and I've admitted it to everyone.
0: Yeah, it flew over my
1: head. I was trying to sound really fancy and knowledgeable, and it backfired, but hey, I know the study of bugs, and so do you now, so we're better for it. Exactly.
0: More facts, more things. Um, Mo... (laughs) My money, my problems. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's my number one. I'm I'm happy with my number one, and I tried really hard not to include
1: every single character from Final Fantasy Nine in my list. Well, i was gonna say we've already had three, so that's um that's interesting. Yeah, that's we haven't I mean. really had any doubles apart from that. Is that right? Apart from Final Fantasy Nine? Yeah, I think so. All the other ones have been different, different ones. Also, the study of words is etymology, so I was close. Oh, you were very close. Very close. Um, But that's cool. No, Vivi is an amazing character, and I think so far, I'm pretty happy with all the ones you've mentioned, because they're all just very unique, and Vivi is adorable. So, cool. I'm glad. I'm glad you're pleased. Thanks. So my number one, I know that you're going to try and guess it, so be my guest.
0: I reckon someone from Final Fantasy VIII. Okay. Is it... And I can never pronounce her name. Is it like Ren- Renona from Final Fantasy? No, it's
1: not Renoa. Oh. Do you is want it, me to just tell you? Is it Squall? <laughs> no. Yeah, just tell me. It's Laguna. Ah, oh, damn it. So Laguna Loire is a playable character in Final Fantasy VIII. He's not the main protagonist, but he's almost a secondary protagonist. He is encountered by the main characters throughout the game in bizarre dreamlike sequences throughout the story. So he, like Zack, who doesn't appear too much in the game as a protagonist, is, like, really sort of important through the whole game storyline. So, yeah. like, vital almost. Like, we wouldn't be there without him, literally. Um, he's handsome. And he's very likeable. I love Squall, don't get me wrong. He's cool. He's a cool guy with a handsome face. But Laguna is, is not only handsome... But he's just, he's funny, he's likeable, he's goofy, he's everything that school kind of wasn't.
0: Yeah, he's got the personality there and the looks, not just the looks.
1: And, yeah, so I I picked him, which I will will, will explain why I picked him, but first I will go into the backstory as I always do. So Laguna is initially encountered as a soldier in the Galbadian army. However, he expresses quite a lot that he doesn't really want to be there uh, or enjoy being a soldier, and reveals that he's actually an aspiring journalist, which I really like because I feel like in a lot of Final Fantasy games, it's rare that the sort of protagonist, kind of main guy who's in like the army, ever turns around and goes, "I just want to be a writer." <laughs> you know, it's
0: true. Like that doesn't ever just happen. We like screw this for while. I'm gonna go be a
1: <laughs> landscape gardener. So that's that's what I liked about Laguna is because he was just like yeah like I'll I'll do it but I'd I'd rather be like making art somewhere. It's nice. It's truthful.
0: <laughs> it's real.
1: Yeah. So he's he's pretty passionate, but he's also very clumsy. When you first meet him, he is twenty-seven year old twenty-seven years old, and uh, yeah, basically just is just dreaming of becoming a writer. And to me, the most endearing thing about Laguna. Is how awkward he is around women. I think that was the first thing that made me just go, I love this man, this is amazing. Because he doesn't have the suave, the flirtiness, like the effortless, the effortless oh my god, I can't say it. effortless, no. Effodamnit. Effless- I'm not gonna say it. I'm just gonna <laughs> say that he, you know, he doesn't have that suave, or even, I say suave assholeness that, you know, like Cloud (laughs) and Squall have, or even some of the later ones. Even, you know, Zidane has some kind of air of assholes about him sometimes that Laguna just does not possess. He just doesn't really have a cool bone in his body until much later. Yeah, And what happens is when he is nervous around women that he likes, he suffers from severe leg spasms when he gets nervous, (laughs) which was one of my favourite scenes where he was with Julia, who he had a massive crush on, and every time we tried to talk to her he would just get the spasm in his leg and just <laughs> awkwardly run away. Um, I loved it. And I remember this leads to Squall, who would often be Laguna in his dreams, to um to state at one point that I dreamt I was a moron after his first encounter as Laguna. <laughs> um, And I love that about Laguna. It's just because he is, you know, he's a good looking guy and he's pretty cool, but just around women he just breaks... Which is just so good. Yeah. So, yeah, generally I'd say Laguna and school are quite opposites in, in their life and their personality. Because as far as I'm aware, school's like, trying quite hard to, to be in, in the military and everything. Whereas Laguna's like, fuck that. And also can't talk to women. School's not great with women either. He just becomes more of a dick. Um, yeah. He just kind of does the whole, like, he likes a girl. But instead of actually telling her this, he just kind of stands there and looks bored yeah yeah so that she's like oh okay (laughs) um anyway I'm I am gonna have to spoil a bit of the game unfortunately to be able to talk about Laguna a bit more but it's such a good storyline so if you don't want to know more about Phantom Fantasy 8 storyline then just click off for a bit or like speed forward um, so basically in the dreamlike states that they have the main characters kind of see laguna is joined by his companions kiros and ward uh, school as i said earlier always dreams directly through laguna and the other characters and your and the the members of your party will often dream it's them so through all these dream sequences just to summarize it really really quickly you see him getting separated from his friends on a mission he then meets a woman called rain who he falls in love with she eventually becomes his wife. She has like an adopted daughter. Can't really remember where she comes from. Um, so he becomes a bit of an uncle/slash father figure to this young girl, which is really, really sweet. And that's, I think, where you, I become quite attached to him because you just kind of see that how nice he really is. Yeah. And especially because one of the reasons he doesn't leave the village of Winhill is because he felt obligated to repay the village's kindness. Um, when they looked after him when they obviously he was found that he um, he repays it just by fighting off the monsters for years effectively <laughs> just They're like sweet. yeah just fighting off the monsters just to just you know because he felt like he needed to Alone who is the young girl who he kind of got attached to eventually goes missing and then shit hits the fans with all like the sorcerers and shit which I'm not going to delve into uh, Laguna and Kiros eventually get re- find their way back to Laguna sorry Laguna is reunited with and Moore, sorry. And then uh, the search for her begins, and then it kind of, you get to see their sort of struggle to look for her. And at one point, my favourite scene, is where they participated in a movie deal to make some money to get into um, a city of Essa, (laughs) And they had to, like, fight a a dragon and be actors, and it was amazing. Amazing. That's (laughs) That's such a weird, random thing that happens. Yeah, like, we need to do this thing, so we need some money to get into this place. Let's just become actors and, and yeah. you know, do you that. Know. That old line of work that everyone does. <laughs> and that, that was just amazing. Um, eventually, he ends up rallying the people of Esther and freeing them from evil sorceress. And eventually, spoiler alert, he becomes the president. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's such a jump. It's like everything's happening and then presidency
1: (laughs) well it's because he's kind of like reigned as like the hero from from, like saving them from the evil sorceress so you eventually find this out for all the stream sequences that you know that's what happens and he stays as president and he stays there and he looks after the people because he feels like he owes it um to them again which he always just feels like he owes people which is lovely of him eventually your party will meet up with with Laguna once he's um, been reunited with Alone and you get to meet him for the first time and he's like 44. And for me, the reason I love Laguna is because you get to see that character progression from 27 to 44. And it's very rare in a game to age a character, in a Final Fantasy game, to to view the ageing of a character. It's almost like never. Uh, Apart from Noctis in 15, there's probably loads of other times. But for me that was like some serious progression and i loved it
0: yeah i think because you see the course of like a such a long story it's not just here's a clip yeah. of them young and then here's a clip of
1: them old it's like you're following yeah his life almost so and i feel yeah, so I different that, that was quite special i think and the story that goes along with it because i've just basically given a really really quick summary of the game um there's obviously a lot more to it but just generally i just i think for me it's just his general personality And then his sort of play in all of the things that happen. Because I haven't gone into it too much, but he's kind of the catalyst for everything to an extent. There's other people involved too. Yeah. And the reason being is my first fact, which is a huge fan theory slash pretty much confirmed theory that Squall is Laguna's son.
0: Ah, this makes sense. They do look very similar.
1: Yeah, and I, to be honest, I I think... I only recently realised this when I was playing it, again, that I was like, oh shit, yeah, I never picked up on it. I don't know why, I'm just, I was just stupid. But basically, the um, the reason why it's kind of heavily implied is because when they're aboard the airship, where they finally all get reunited, so Laguna basically meets school, Keiris and Ward, Laguna's companions, make hints to school about his parents, stating that he is fortunate for taking after his mother instead of his father,
0: so how would they know his father yeah. Laguna also
1: tells school that he has something important to tell him afterwards but it's never stated what it was and it's never shown because the game you know yeah. just just never shows it and you know people online have just generally connected the dots and said well school was in an orphanage around this time and then Rain was pregnant probably at this time and Laguna left her at this time and she, you know so it makes sense It's I think it's heavily implied by the writers and the, and the makers of the game that that's what you know it's pretty much fact, and yeah. why else would school be Laguna in the dream sequences? It just—it just makes sense. Yeah, it just kind of connects some dots. So, yeah, out. awesome. So yeah, that's that's. Uh, sorry if I spoiled the game, but you okay. know, it, it was out a long time ago, so yeah, just catch up. <laughs> I don't feel that bad. No. So another fact is that there was a there was a weird species in Final Fantasy VIII called the Moombas, and uh, the I can't really describe how to really describe them apart from they were kind of like weird tigery things don't know they're kind of orange monkeys yeah i don't think that's a bad description yeah i don't know how else to describe them um anyway laguna ends up coming across these guys um he helps them and they i think generally they can only say the word laguna but they often call school laguna when they meet him so it kind of implies obviously that Maybe they think that he is Laguna. And also yeah. creepy fact about the Mumbas apparently Mumbas recognise people by tasting their blood. Oh. Gross. Gross. So that's why they think that they must have tasted his blood and gone, You are Laguna. I yeah. Think. Like similar Oh yeah. That's creepy. Also creepy. Yeah. I thought... <laughs> like, oh, I know you
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just So anyway. <laughs> Making the Hannibal like the face of him.
1: Hello, yeah. my friend. <laughs> uh, my last and final fact is that the the film I was talking about, the one that Laguna and his friends were in while raising money, is implied to have inspired the dream of school's rival, Seifer Al So, Seifer is kind of like the Sephiroth of Final Fantasy 8 That's <laughs> the best way to describe Seifer. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of it up. <laughs> To an extent. He's like your main antagonist at school. Yeah,
0: he's like your rival in Pokemon. Yeah. But when it's. When so, your rival was a dick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so there was, in in the film that they made, it was, uh, it was a sorceress's knight and his name was Zephyr. So, um, I don't know, ba- basically apparently Sifa was just really inspired by this, obviously because it was filmed when he was young, they think that's sort of the inspiration that he had to be sort of yeah. who he was in the of um... And apparently Sifa has the same battle stance that Laguna did when he was acting in the film. So there you go. Aww. All Sifa really was was just a kid that was inspired by this weird dragon film that he saw that Laguna was in and just, you know, decided yeah. to, to go with that. So
0: That's really sweet then. It's just like <laughs> his favourite actor. Yeah. So
1: I, I thought that was quite cool. Like a little sort of, you know, hmm. knock back to, to something that happened that you kind of get to see. And yeah. Nice. Nice. Very Cool. Facts. so yeah Laguna definitely one of my all-time favorite Final Fantasy characters just has a lot of depth yeah as, as we said is good
0: I have to say so I'm not super familiar uh with Laguna like I've played bits of eight and I know the general story so it's not like ruined anything for me or anything like that but because I'm not super familiar I wouldn't have I wouldn't have picked him for you like I said I only mm. really know like the main ones, so it's
1: like it was that you kind of yeah. see on the boxing so it's it it's a cool really, one it was really when I was doing my research into like because I It was very hard for me to pick. This was a very hard top five. And I was going through all my games and I thought, actually, he was definitely one of my favourites. But not the obvious. Not the obvious choice. But I think that's good. Like, I'm glad that our lists have been what I would
0: say was not the obvious uh, for the Final Fantasy. Like, obviously, we've touched upon, you know, the characters that you kind of think about, like, with Cloud and... You know, going through all the main guys, like it's it's really easy to slip into that kind of like, well, I play as this person and this person and like the main characters from all of them. But sometimes your favourite ones are more just the side characters or the people you meet. Like I have to say, one of the people I'm really wanted to put in and I didn't have room for was the amount of SIDs that you meet. Like I just wanted to put all the SIDs in. Like one of my favourite SIDs is the one in Final Fantasy Nine, surprisingly. Um, where you're Regent Sid and you get turned into a froglop um, halfway through the game. And you're just this walking moustache thing and it's hilarious. And he's just this really cool character. But yeah, there's just so many different versions of Sid. that like, you're like, I like this one and yeah. I like this one. And not just like, you know, number seven where he's actually a playable character. Which reminds me, did you have any like laid out backups?
1: For, like, really, no. or really, Or honourable mentions?
0: Um, I guess, like I said, Sid was the only one I thought that I really wanted to mention as... A character that is across like all of them and in every single one, he's you know he's an interesting character I think Mm. even in the ones you don't play him as. Other than that, I think I would end up just getting into a lot of Final Fantasy Nine characters that are off to the side. Yeah. Or ten. Ten was a difficult one for me actually. I did go through a couple of ten. Like I really like Lulu in ten. She was like at the time, and I think I was in full goth mode when Final Fantasy Ten came out, (laughs) and she was like, uh, she was just like the dark goth. You know, queen of, of that time. And so it was kind of cool seeing that kind of looking character in a game. Because most of the time it was like, I don't know, female characters tended to look a certain way or just very normal and she was very different. Um, yeah. And I think Waka, even though everyone hates Waka, I found him stupid. Oh, I thought, I thought and he lovely. was very endearing. Yeah, exactly. He's a very endearing character. So I really liked him. There's quite a few in 10 that I was attached to. Uh, and things. I think the only one I was a bit struggling with for picking someone, if I could pick anyone, because I went through like all of them and said, "Can I pick anyone from 13?" I struggled to think of anyone I would pick out of 13.
1: Yeah, I agree. To be honest with you, I I did like the man who I can't remember who always had a chicken in his afro. Oh, uh, Bash? No, I can't remember his name. Yeah, he obviously I mean. wasn't very memorable. Exactly. Um... <laughs> but yeah, I think he's been <laughs> I liked I it. He had, an interesting, he,
0: had yeah, he had an interesting story as well. It's yeah. going to really annoy me who he is.
1: But, yeah.
0: Vash. Something like Vash. It's, okay.
1: it's not like we're at the power of Google or anything.
0: <laughs> who knows? Or the power of editing where I can just say, hey, let's pause for a minute, Google who we're talking about, and then I'll just put it in and make it seem like I knew who we were talking it about. Was, it was along. like
1: Satch or Saj. I've, I've, I've just Googled it. Saj. Saj yeah, S A Z H. Why do they make words so hard to pronounce? I know, right? Just picking all these fucking names. Um, I liked him. Yeah, but <laughs> I do have a few backups. So I from Final Fantasy VII, I did, I did want to put these guys in because these are amazing. Yeah. Um, which is Vincent, who we've spoken about a lot, our beloved candle maker. Yeah. Yuffie, I've always loved Yuffie. Yeah. When I was younger, I just wanted to be Yuffie. Yeah. Um, she's adorable and badass. Renoa, who we did speak about earlier, who thought was my number one, who is probably my fav one of my favourite female playable characters, apart from Tifa. Selfie, who is in fan Final Fantasy VIII, mm, yeah. She everyone fucking hates Selfie. That's what I found out from from looking on the internet. Um but for me growing up, I just adored her. And also one of the reasons why I loved Selfie when I was younger. So she has my birthday, and she has a mole on her neck where I have a mole on my neck. Oh. So when I was younger, I was like, "We're the same person." <laughs> this is me. Interview. This again. is fate. Done. Even though she's a bit annoying. Yeah. Um. Also, her name is ruined now. Selfie. Yeah. So can't that's say that anymore. I loved Zell, from Final Fantasy VIII as well. I thought he was quite a a cool character yeah, and he's a quite bit inter- silly.
0: Yeah, he's a, definitely the like the light hearted version in in that game. Yeah.
1: Red or Nanaki from Final Fantasy 7 as oh, well, yeah. I don't know if I mentioned him. Red was um, going to be
0: maybe in my list, I think I, I always was going to put him on
1: my back yeah. So, And I've never known how to pronounce this lady's name. I know, I know. When I read it, it, it says differently in my head, which is Quittis, I think, from Final Fantasy 8. It it's either Quistis, which is not an easy word to say, no. or I always say it Quittis.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure with that one, because
1: yeah god knows final fantasy does not make it easy no especially um. <laughs>
0: when before voice acting and it was just like here is a name spelled out for you just do you know do what you want with it um Questions. yeah yeah but yeah i think we've i think we've covered a lot of final fantasy this evening we have i'm final uh, fantasy out now i think i am too at the same time we've been talking about it so long i'm like let's go play a game but it was a fun top five and we are now done and free but before we say goodbye, I guess we should do all of the, you know, promotionation. I mean, I'm waiting for the victory fanfare Well, fan when you've done completion. all the promotion work that we need you to do, then I'll give it to you. Okay. Right.
1: You start <laughs> and I'll do the other bit. All
0: right. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at GameTill5. Uh, you can also send us an email at GameTill5 at com. You can follow us individually on things. You can follow Nikki at what, Nikki? Uh, Elite Cat on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me at Sefi M. With two E's. I think with three F's. Oh, and two E's for Nikki and three F's for me on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, you can join our new <laughs> Discord. Where can they find... That's what I was going to do. I was going to say... I was going to say that well, bit. Well, <laughs> never mind. Ignore what I just said. Listen to what Nikki has to say now.
1: I made the Discord... It's free to join. There's no charge. Um, I made some emojis. It's a lovely place. We're very welcoming. Please come and talk about your top five. Talk about your top five worlds so far, or top five Final Fantasy characters. Any ca- any Final Fantasy characters you want, whether it be a summon or maybe there's a Moogle which has caught your eye. Um, come and discuss it. There's no judgment. You can pick whatever you want, even if it's like a troll and a cave that no one remembers. Yeah, they're the kind of ones we like. Um, and you can
0: get to that uh, just by links in our Twitter, is that right?
1: Yeah. So I I, I put out a link today, so there should be one active one there. And I will um, remind everyone about the Discord each time we do an episode anyway, if you do want to come in and talk about your top five. Amazing.
0: Um, we will be giving some information shortly about our first streaming session, so tune in for that. Um, and I think that's everything we've covered, Nikki.
1: Yes, it is. Cool. So yeah. it's time for the Victory fanfare to play us out. Yeah.
0: Uh, Goodbye, Nikki. Goodbye.